0: Come together as a church, as we look at what the future might be and and what you might be calling us to. Lord, we pray um, that we would not find our strength or um, our, our focus on anything other than you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Please have a seat.
1: Today's passage is from Luke. Chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him.
0: All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Let me get situated up here. And iPads are always fun. I'm going to try my best to not let this scrape against my beard because that'll be unpleasant for everyone. Well, so... I'm Reuben Marlow. Uh, this is my first time here as your pastor, and first of all, I just want to say how privileged I am and how thankful I am uh, to be here. Um, my wife, uh, Brittany, um, and all the kids—you'll hear them if you don't see them—but um, uh, we're, you know, we're very excited to be here. Um, when we were here a month ago. Um, the the attitude and the heart that we saw from each of you and from everyone from the church uh, is just extremely excited. And so uh, that was infectious, and now we're excited too. Um, and so this, this last month has been kind of a whirlwind. Um, it, it was kind of here, there, and everywhere. And, you know, you're like, uh, you know, I figured, hey, I got a month. That, that'll give me plenty of time to, you know, do everything I need to do. Yeah, just oof. It went by quick. I'll I'll put it that way. And then this last week moving, I I do want to say thanks. There's a handful of people here. Peoples is their last name, and then Alex too. She's here. I don't know how she got roped into it, but they they came down from Buffalo and helped move us. So very appreciative for them. But um, I'm I'm actually really appreciative for all the youth, for Todd and for Justin, for Sarah. Am I missing anyone else that was there on Wednesday? Valerie, yes. And everyone that helped us move uh, furniture and boxes, um, deeply appreciative. Um, it was a pretty big truck, and it was full. And so uh, we we were able to get it done in just a few hours, and uh, that was awesome. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, everyone, for who's bringing food. Um, <coughs> it's a lot. <laughs> um, so thank you very much. Uh, it's It really is a blessing, to because when we get unpacking, sometimes it's like, Oh yeah, the day's gone already. So uh, it's been awesome. Um, I you know I don't know uh, really. This being my first Sunday, you know I, I've tried to think about what it should look like, and you know what I what you know I prayed a lot about what I should re- preach on, and, and and what we should do moving forward um, from this point. And and I'll be completely honest with you. Um, uh, I my heart for today is really informal. Um, Probably that's my heart for most Sundays. Uh, There's a couple moments where I'll like to be formal, um, but those are going to be pretty far and few between. So I'm a pretty informal person, Uh, pomp and circumstance, you know, and you go to like a graduation or something, and they're all prim and proper. I'm just like, oh, why do we do this? You know, you just sit there sometimes, and you're like, okay, but why? You know, (laughs) like I know you. I know how you talk, and that's not how you talk. And and so I kind of... I want you guys to know how I talk. And so that's the way I'm going to be most of the time. But especially this Sunday, you know, uh, I just want to be informal. Um, I want to share a little bit of my heart and and really what I believe um, we as as a church um, should be working together for. And so, um, uh, you know, don't hopefully if you're visiting, I'm sorry you're, you came on this week. Um, and if this is you uh, looking at me uh, for the next, you, you know, however long you, you put up with me, 20, 30, 50 years, whatever it is. Um, hopefully it's not all this bad is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, I, I, I recognize uh, probably some of you don't really know too much about me. Um, so I'll give a little bit of info about me. I, I was born and raised in Wyoming. I was born in Laramie. Uh, we didn't live there very long before we moved to Cheyenne. So my first eight years, I lived in Cheyenne, um, which, I mean, we could give to Nebraska. I'm okay with that. Um, it's pretty flat and windy down there. But uh, then we uh, moved to Casper when I was eight, and we spent I spent most of my life in Casper um, and, and the, went to college in California. I don't, like, there's reasons why, but I'm glad I'm not there anymore. But I did meet my wife there. I met her at college and uh, quickly brought her back to um, Casper, and um, we got married, and then... Um, Four years ago, we accepted a call to be uh, the youth pastor up in in Buffalo, Wyoming, and so I've been up there for four years, and and then here I am now, and so that's a little bit of my story. Um, There's a lot more to that story, and I'd love to share it with you, and really, I'd love to get to know your guys' stories. I want to get to know you guys, and so hopefully, uh, I know it's not time for announcements, but there's, uh, at the end of the service today we're going to go downstairs and I think there's coffee and desserts and I don't know what's down there <laughs> that's just what the announcement said so it'll be delicious but um, I also do as I as I look to Chandra f- for what was down there I do want to pre- uh, just say thank you to everyone that was on the search team uh, and the welcoming team and everyone who's put in a lot of time and effort and uh, you know and even I know like Steve and and um Mr. Barnes. Rusty. I wanted to say Rusty. I do that all the time. I'm so sorry. Mr. Barnes uh, did, did some work on the parsonage. And so everyone that, that's done a lot of work in this transition time, really appreciate you guys. And I, I know it, it gets to be a lot sometimes, but I appreciate all the time that you guys put into that. Um, but I'd love to get to know you guys as we move forward. Um, today we're we're going to be, uh, Steve read for us Luke chapter number 5. And this is a, you know, it's an interesting story. Um, I love I love Peter. I, if I were to, I can't, I, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. Yes, the kids can run away. Hey, we're informal here. Great. Uh, yeah, no, we wouldn't. No, absolutely. There's a handful. a stampede. Thank you. Awesome. We love it, right? Okay. Peter. Peter's probably one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Obviously, like, I have a favorite, and then there's a whole bunch that, like, get clumped together. Um, but I, I really like uh, um, Peter's attitude. And this here in Luke chapter number 5 is, like, this beautiful introduction to Peter. And and, and I want us to try to kind of catch a glimpse of what this was like for Peter. And and I want us to kind of try to put ourselves in Peter's place. Um, and, and really, as we walk through... Um, scripture you know so many times you know a, a, as we read as we look at these different characters there's times when I want us to identify with a character in it and and super often I want us to identify as the disciples of Jesus Christ because uh, even though that was 2,000 years ago Peter and Peter and I uh, Peter's obviously like Peter like he's you know, his own unique self, and God actually gave him some specific promises that were just for him, but in general, for the followers of Jesus Christ, like, that's our position. We, we are followers of Jesus Christ, and so I want us to, to look at Peter, his perspective of when Jesus intersected with his life, and I want us to kind of, like, actually ask ourselves what it means for us to follow Jesus. You see, Peter was a fisherman, He's a down-to-earth. I mean, he's a blue-collar. He's, you know, he's he probably, um, you know, struggles with the same day to day things we do. Probably not the light bulbs going out. You know, they didn't have those back then. But, you know, it, they had a lot. He had a lot of the just daily struggles of paying taxes, of uh, uh, of feeding his family, of of taking care of his mother-in-law. Like, I mean, Peter, Peter, he had to go fish at night to to make a living and. And and so Peter is a hard worker, and and obviously he makes his living off of fishing. I don't know, like, obviously, like, we're next to the Flaming Gorge. Hopefully there's some fishermen in here. But is there anyone here that makes a living off of fishing? No? Okay. Peter had to make his living off of fishing. And if you make your living off of fishing, guess what you have to do? You have to be good at it. I'm pretty sure Peter was good at it like i mean you you're not in business, you don't have your own boat, you don't have your own nets like you don't like you don't do this if you're not at least semi proficient at it right like you go find a different profession and so so peter's this um he's a, he's a fisherman he he works hard he 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 toils i don't know you know sometimes it's what does work mean like i mean i don't know. I've worked hard days. Todd was in the back of my truck. He was working hard the other day, right? It, it's hard work. It's it's not just, a, you know, oh, man, I'm going to get in trouble. I, I went from mowing lawns to, to sitting in an office, and it's a different kind of hard work. Like, don't get me wrong. Sitting in an office, like, it's hard on your mind. Like, I've always worked really hard and then come home. I've worked in the oil field. I've worked in uh, mowing lawns. I've stocked shelves at Walmart. And, you know, when you work hard, like, it's really easy to come home and go to bed. Like, you you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm going to get up and go do this. And then you sit down and you're like, yeah, I'm not getting up. Like, I'm just done. I'm I'm ready for bed, right? And then, you know, working in an office, like, you go home and you're like – you lay down and like I I can't go to bed sometimes like it's just like your mind's going everywhere and it's it's just like (laughs) so there's a there's a friend of mine uh that we were at a marriage retreat and uh I mean mean we spent hours just through some study and really through some discussion and he just got to this point where he had to go like he got up and he went and shoveled the walk, and I, I think he went for a run. Like I mean, he just physically needed to go exert himself, right? And, and and well, Peter, he's exerting himself physically all the time. He's a hard worker, and where we meet Peter in this passage is he's he's doing his job. He's working hard. He's he's doing everything to the best of his abilities. He's doing everything to the best of his abilities, and the results are nothing. He tells Jesus, like, we fished all night, and I've got nothing. Man, we can exert ourselves, and we can work hard, and sometimes we have nothing to show for it. Peter worked hard. He was a hard worker. And sometimes we have nothing. Peter's probably beaten down. He's struggling. The questions that are arise when you don't have fish to sell, uh, how do you feed your family? How do you pay your taxes? How do, you, how do you survive if the thing that you're good at you can't even do? There's questions that are arising. And then he sees a crowd, a whole bunch of people. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure uh, up in Buffalo, Lake DeSmith gets busy, right? I'm sure the Flaming Gorge gets busy, right? And hopefully we're all true Wyomingites, and when we see someone else, we're like, hey, you stay over there, we'll stay over here, right? Like, we like our space. But, you know, Peter, he's, he's worked all night long. He hasn't caught anything. He's out there. He's cleaning his nets. He's getting ready to end his workday. And here comes this giant crowd. I mean, thousands of people, right? Like, you know, this is very early in Jesus' ministry, but Jesus, he, you know, he went... And got baptized by John the Baptist. And there was this, there's this physical, supernatural revelation that something's really special about Jesus. And from that moment, there was crowds that were following him. There was people who had heard about him. There were people that were seeking him. From that moment, he began to preach to say that the kingdom of heaven is here. It is at hand And so he's preaching this gospel. He's preaching that God's kingdom is coming and we need to follow it. We need to be prepared for it. He's preaching this message that we need to repent the the way that we have been living. The same message that that John the Baptist was preaching, that we need to turn from our ways and, and, and follow the kingdom of God. Right. And so th- he's preaching this and and people are coming to him and they're, and they're questioning, what does this mean? And wh- who are you and what was that thing we heard about? And and so there's these crowds that are beginning to follow Jesus because he's preaching these things that, that just kind of resonate or, the, or, the, or maybe they're just questions or or maybe they're just things we haven't heard before. And so Jesus is preaching, and and these crowds are coming, and, and so Jesus is being pushed in on all sides, and he's pushed to the shore, and he comes up to Peter. Peter, this man who's worked hard all day, who's given all of his effort, and now he's facing this. And this one man walks up to him, and he says, Peter, can I get in your boat? If I'm Peter, I'd rather be in the boat away from everyone else than in the crowd, right? So yeah, sure, let's go. So Peter and Jesus get in the boat, and they cast off just a little bit. And, and it's this really interesting thing, you know, sometimes I have questioned why Jesus did this, and, and there's answers out there, there's, uh, you know, what is the acoustics like when you're just off of shore, and how people can hear, and, and really, I think there's this heart, this attitude of access to Jesus, right? When we're in a crowd and when we're thronging together and people are pushing and people are going at different paces and people have different desires and and different uh, inclinations to be close to Jesus, like it can be hard because of everyone else pushing around us for us to see and hear Jesus. But Peter, Jesus goes to Peter and gets in his boat and casts off just a little bit. And what he provides is a clear revelation. We can now see Jesus we can now hear Jesus, and, and now it doesn't matter where they're at in this area. Everyone has access to Jesus. They may not be able to touch him, but we can all see him. We can all hear him. And, and that's one of the beautiful things. You know, sometimes I ask that question, you know, like, you know, uh, I think of when Jesus told Thomas, you know, blessed are you for because you believe because you've seen and touched, but, but blessed are those who haven't seen and haven't touched and still believe. And God has given us his word, he's given us the Bible, so that we can see and hear our God. We can see and hear what he's saying to us. And even though I, I wish he was walking around on earth and I could go see him and touch him and sit down with him, I, I, I still have access to the heart of my God through his word. And so Jesus, Jesus casts off and he, it says he preaches. Um, verse number, um, um, let me turn the page. Um the end of verse number three. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Excuse me. What did he say? I have my opinions. Um later in the book of Luke, in, in just a chapter, two chapters, I believe, um he, he gives the Sermon on the Mount. And and what I I think God, what think what Jesus taught was was this repent for the kingdom of heaven as a hand and well what is this kingdom of heaven well it's the things that God actually cares about it's the it, it's it's his heart it's it's not just the letter of the law but it's the the heart behind the uh, the law and And as he begins to teach these things, as as everything that Jesus teaches, like it, it goes against maybe what they had heard before, maybe what they understood what it meant before. And Jesus didn't come. He didn't destroy the law. He didn't abolish it. Instead, he actually fulfills it. Instead, he actually takes everything that God had revealed up to this point, and he opens their eyes to God's design for their lives. And so Jesus, from, the boat, from Peter's boat, begins to tell everyone about God's love for them, God's design for them, and how we can know and be a part of God's kingdom. How we can have life with God. This is what Jesus was preaching. And here's Peter, hard worker, who's beaten, who's downtrodden, who, who hasn't caught anything. And, and he's in the boat with Jesus as Jesus is saying these things. Listen, you know, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're way up on the, the crest, the ridge of the hill, and you're just hearing little bits of what Jesus is saying. I don't, I don't know if you're on the shore as close as you can be to hear what Jesus says. But if you have the heart to draw near to God, James tells us that he will draw near to us. And I want to have the heart of Peter who, it doesn't matter what I've got going on in my life, I'm in the boat with Jesus and I hear him. That's our first point, is Peter hears the voice of God. More than anyone else, there is no doubt that Peter heard the voice of God. He was as close as anyone in that area could be. He was next to Jesus as Jesus was speaking words of life. Peter heard the voice of God. He had to, you know, whether it's, by his design or not, it was by God's design that Jesus went out of his way and he went to Peter and he got in his boat and he spoke. And God goes out of his way to speak to us. And we have to be listening. Can you imagine? Just imagine a little bit. Giant crowd comes up. Jesus walks down can I get on your boat? Sure. You cast off. Jesus starts preaching, and you're like, great, I did my duty. I got to get back to washing my nets, and you just go, and you, you put your earbuds in, and you start listening to, you know, whatever it is, you know, some podcast about, you know, how you can lose weight, and you're just focused on what you have to get done. When Jesus is right here speaking words of life, I wonder how many distractions we have in our life that keep us from hearing the voice of God. God is actively speaking. He sought us out, and he's teaching us. We need to hear him. Peter heard the voice of God. He heard what he was saying, and it had an impact on him. Because Jesus finishes speaking, he finishes teaching, and he tells Peter, why don't you launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch? you know what a really good fisherman likes to hear? How he should do his job. (laughs) Right? You ever think, okay, well, here's the thing. If Jesus just said, here's how you can have life with God, I wonder if he has an understanding of how to go fishing. And Peter's at this point where because he's heard the voice of God, he's willing to see. He says, listen, Jesus, we worked all night. I've got nothing to show for it. But because you said that, because you told me to, I'm gonna do it. I don't know what's gonna happen. This is not the right time to go fishing. It's not the right place. I don't know what's gonna happen. But because you seem to have something I don't, I'm going to listen. I'm going to try it. Listen, there's all kinds of things in our life. I mean, who who am I? Who is this church? What is our future? What's going to happen? Man, I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. But if we're listening to the voice of God and we obey the voice of God, Peter obeyed the voice of God. He's like, Because you said it, I'm going to do it. <clears throat> and so they, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in another boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Okay, so they went from catching nothing. To not just catching a boatload, but boat's load. Right? Like, more than two boats can handle. And what did Peter have to do? What did Peter have to do to have the greatest catch of his entire career? He just had to do what Jesus said. And we have to hear God. We have to do what he tells us. We have to obey him. We just have to be willing to not, not uh, you know, sometimes we have to stop working hard and, and giving all of our effort and trying to make it all work by ourselves. And we need to actually go to the one that has the words of life. We need to be go to the one that has the power to do what we can't. Because if it was all according to Peter's power, he's going home empty. But if we are going to live our lives, if we as a church are going to move forward into the future, listening to God and doing what he tells us, then we can witness the power of God as Peter witnessed the power of God. He went out, he obeyed the voice of God, and he got way more than he ever could have imagined. And so what's the future of living hope? I kind of am afraid to imagine I don't want to put limits on what God wants to do. Because God can do the impossible. We can't. We are limited. We are frail. Even if we try our best, we can't. We can't do it. We can't provide results. We can't grow. We can't build. We can't provide. We can't do anything in our own strength. But if we're following the God who can do the impossible, there's nothing that can't happen. So Peter witnessed the power of God, and then his life completely changed. His response to Jesus, he sees this happen, and he says this, Verse number eight, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. There's there's a recognition on Peter's part of who he is. He's, He's recognized that at the extent of all of his strength and trying, it's resulted in nothing. And he's recognized who Jesus is because from a simple command, He was able to fill two boats full of fish. And we're talking about listening to the voice of God. It was the voice of God that spoke and created everything. It was the voice of God. It was the voice of God that called out to Peter and asked him to get on his boat. It was the voice of God that directed him. It was the voice of God. It's the power of our God and what he can do. Only God has the power to do the impossible. Peter couldn't do it. Only God can. Peter recognizes who he is. He recognizes who God is. And then his life changes. Because Jesus intersected. He, he, he abruptly confronted Peter. He jumped into his life, and he started speaking. Peter's life would never be the same. And, and Peter and his friends, they forsook all, and they followed Jesus. And this is my heart for us. This is my heart for my, my entire ministry. It didn't matter if it was in Casper, in Buffalo, or if it's here. The things that I, my desire is, is only to push people to forsake everything and follow Jesus. To hear his voice. To obey him. And then be able to witness the power and the glory and the majesty of our God. The things that Peter got to experience, listen, two boatloads of fish, pale in comparison to what Peter was able to see. Peter was able to walk with and talk with and love Jesus in a way that was intimate. It was close. It was personal. And that's what Jesus is calling for us. Following God, following Jesus, it's, listen, it's not a list of rules. The rules are there. You can go read them if you want. It's knowing the heart of our God it's living this life with our god who created us to live in relationship with him he's created us with a design and a purpose and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and if we will just listen to him and we will obey him then the life that we get to experience hey it might be hard peter's life was hard life life can be hard but it can be fulfilling, and it can be peaceful, and it can be joyful, and it, 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 can, it can be everything we were designed to experience. And all we got to do is we've got to listen to God. We have to obey Him. I want to I wanna very quickly, and I said this is an interesting sermon. It's, I want it to be informal. I want to look at 1 Corinthians. If you turn quickly, it will be on the screen as well. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And these are the words of Paul to a church. But these, this, this, these are the words from me to you. This is what I want you to know. And what I, I hope your, your recognition is for, for my ministry here and for your ministry here and for whatever our future looks like. Here's what I want us to keep our minds and our hearts focused on. Paul says this, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Listen, men are limited, and they will fail. I want you to hear this. I'm limited. I, I have fear. I have inexperience. I have questions. I have. I, I don't have answers. And and I can work hard. I. I I'm a hard worker, and sometimes that's to my detriment. Like, sometimes I'm a workaholic, and I'm like, ah, oh, I should go actually spend time with my family, right? Like, like there's things. Like, it, it can be a detriment. I can work hard. But we're, we're not moving forward as a church. We're not, we're not building the relationship with Jesus. We're not really following God if our entire church is only focused off of what we can do. And if you're expecting me to do everything, I'm going to fail you. I have limitations. Listen, Paul, the author of a vast majority of the New Testament, he says, I didn't come with excellence of speech. I didn't come with wisdom. I, don't, I can't persuade you to follow God. My only heart is to show you what God has said. And if you'll listen to him, and if you will obey him, we together can witness the power of our God. Men are limited, and they will fail. Only God has the power to do the impossible. What this church needs is for God to do the impossible. What the church at Corinth needed was for God to do the impossible, not Paul. And what we need in our lives, if we're really gonna have this, this, this gospel change us, if we're gonna have this transformation, if we're actually going to follow God and be everything that he's created us to be, then he's gonna have to do a work in each of us so don't don't ever hear me say that you need to be listening to me you need to be following me we need to be following God my heart, my desire is only that each of us would encourage each other to have faith in and follow the God who can do the impossible we need to have faith in and follow Jesus it's hard and listen I know I'm, I'm, I'm dumbing it down listen obey and witness right yeah that sounds so simple it gets hard in the day to day it gets hard uh, when things don't go the way we expect it it gets hard when we don't have any fish but if we will encourage each other if we will push each other if we will come together as a family and, and make each other listen to God if we will all just have faith in and follow our God, we as a church will enter into the kingdom of God in a way that that's it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's, it's far beyond anything we can imagine. So what I want you to recognize, my heart is that we would, all of us, that we would not think in men, I, I love that last verse there in First Corinthians, it says that you would trust in the power of God and not the wisdom of men. We, we are not here just because I have an idea or I have words to say. We are here to encourage each other to follow and witness the power of our God. There's this song. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back up. We're gonna, we're gonna sing another song. I know that's a little out of the norm for us here, but there's this song here, and, and I'll be completely honest. Uh, I picked these songs a few weeks ago before I even really fully know what I was going to say today, but each of these songs that we've sang today has this heart that we recognize who we are that we are not God that that we don't have the power we can't do these things we recognize who our God is and this verse this song we're going to sing it says how deep the father's love for us how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as, as wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory. Behold the man on the cross. My sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. I will boast in Jesus Christ. His death and his resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. This is my heart that we would not boast in our abilities or our strength or our wisdom, but that we, each of us, would boast only in Jesus Christ, that we determine not to have anything else but to preach and follow Jesus. So let's stand and let's sing this song together, this, this really, I want it to be our prayer, that we would recognize that the things that we do are for Jesus, for him and him alone.